You're listening to the Social Spectrum Podcast with Gina Galliotto. Here we prove that success on social media and in entrepreneurship is not one size fits all and discuss thriving online through the lens of different personality types, lifestyles, and neurodiversity. Success lives on a spectrum, so your impossible search for the one right way to grow your online business ends here. On the Social Spectrum Podcast, we'll unfold your right way instead. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Social Spectrum Podcast, everybody. Today, we have a very special guest. Hi, MJ. Hi, Gina. I'm so excited to be here. So, so excited to be talking. MJ is a business owner, co-founder, content creator, and she's here to talk about her experience with productivity, with hustle culture, so much more. We're going to get into a lot and help you navigate your content creation career in a sustainable way. So is there anything else you want to add, MJ? No, I'm I'm just so excited to jump into this conversation with you. We've known each other for, I feel like, years, but we've never spoken one-on-one. So this yes. is just equally great for both of us as it is for, I'm sure, everybody listening. Yeah, and we, we were just talking about that, actually, before we hopped on everyone. And that's one of the things that I was going to say is that we got connected, like, where we actually got to talk through the Stanford Creators community. And it just like goes to show the connections you can make online because before we actually officially started, we were talking about how we just feel like we've done this before. Like there's Mm -hmm. certainly we've talked before. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I just absolutely love that. And I've been a huge fan of yours like for a long time. I felt like starstruck whenever I got in the Stanford Creators (laughs) group. I was like, I get to actually like interact with her. It was like a little bit over a year ago, I think, that we or I got into the Stan Mm -hmm. fam. Um, And it's been so incredible and such a pleasure to watch you and your business and your content like shift and evolve and grow through all that time. And so, yeah, I'm just I'm so excited to talk about it. Likewise, Um, just for what it's worth. Likewise, (laughs) (laughs) that's an honor, truly. First of all, like I know your story, of course, but for those who don't, can you tell us just when and how you actually started creating content on social media? Yeah. So I was a YouTube kid growing up, like way too young to be on the internet. I was like 14. I was making YouTube videos about the Twilight Saga. Just, you know. I had no idea. Of course I was. Yeah. Luckily, all of them are privated now, so nobody can go find them. But so video has always been in my blood, like I was born to be doing this. (laughs) So in 2020, I was in a corporate job that was just absolutely sucking the life out of me. And I had no creative outlet. I had just, I was working, playing Animal Crossing on the Nintendo Switch and going to bed. Like those were the three things I would do. Mm -hmm. So I, of course, downloaded TikTok like everybody else did, realized, oh my God, I could make video, like I could do this. And so I started in August of 2020 and have pivoted more times than I can count. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's wild to think that something I started in 2020 when it was, I was just bored and wanted something to do. And it was just this fun app that, and I had no business prospects, you know, it wasn't a business, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's wild where it can take you. Like if you just start and you're open to the pivots along the way and the changes and going with the flow, it's crazy. I can't believe that three years later, this is my life now. Oh, 100%. It's why we're both sitting here talking is because yeah. we both decided to post one day. So right. it's it's crazy. I found you actually through your first viral video. I think it was your first viral video. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, my first viral video 
was like a quote. I don't know if oh, that was it. No. Okay. It was it was posted to like this is when I had no followers. So it was like, okay. oh, the cat's out of the bag type of situation. Which one did you mm. find me from? Okay, never mind. I'm so wrong. This is I'm so glad we're talking right now. This is crazy. So I found you when you officially quit your job, yes. your corporate job. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Was that like a pivotal moment or oh like how did that Yeah. So Toward the end of 2020, I was in medical device sales. And up until that point, I had thought, okay, I've done it. I've reached everything I've been working for my whole life. I'm making six figures. Look at me. But I was the most miserable. I laugh, but like, it's not funny. I was completely miserable. It was terrible. It made me really take a look at my life and go, okay, I'm miserable now. And this isn't going to change anytime soon. Do I want to stay in this for the promotions every 16 months and maybe little pay raises? Like I could see into my future that I was going to end up being 45 and completely running into a brick wall. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this is what I've done with my life. So at the end of 2020, I decided to quit my job with only 40,000 TikTok followers as a backup plan. That was, I had no plan. Okay. And that's not something I said on the internet at the time because I didn't want people to call me stupid <laughs> as if they didn't anyway. But <laughs> right. I, I posted a video of the moments leading up to the the call that I made to my boss. And it's, I think, at 3 million views. Like it's, I got press wow. video. It was, mm-hmm. it was right at the beginning of what people are calling the great resignation. So that bumped me up to about 70,000 followers. And I was like, okay, you know, I can do this. Mm -hmm. It's at least something, but I I had no plan still. So it was really, it gave me a lot of momentum on the app, but I still had no plan. Like people think that the moment you get followers, it's a business. And I know you talk about this all the time. It's like, you're out here with a hundred thousand followers and not a dollar to to show for it. (laughs) So it was a very interesting time, but yeah. I will I will forever be indebted to that version of me who had the balls to <laughs> to do that. Absolutely. It's it's like about the momentum, you know, and as long as you use it correctly, you know, eventually <laughs> and you figure it out. That's really what it's about. People think, like you said, it's just the number. Like the number means everything that follower counts. Totally not true. But you know, speaking of media and press and things like that that came from that, what specific opportunities have come from just sharing your story online? So I pivoted a lot. I was in, I used to post content similar to yours. That's how I ended up in the stand community was like strategic social media growth, because that was the skill that I knew I could monetize the fastest Mm -hmm. after I quit corporate. And from that video, I got news coverage about quitting news coverage about being on TikTok. And since then, you know, I've changed niches a bunch of times, but mm-hmm. the through line has always been it's me sharing my story. So yeah. for anybody listening who's like, I don't have a niche or I am my niche, like that's basically what I have been doing is mm-hmm. I am my niche and I'm just kind of talking about different topics. And even with that being true, I've gotten more media coverage than I can even list off just mm-hmm. from showing up and being authentic and talking about the things that make me me. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just insane to to think like you don't actually have to have this whole big strategy if you just show up mm-hmm. genuinely mm-hmm. with excitement. People are going to find like your people will find you and 
And so will the media, apparently. One hundred percent. Yeah, it, that it, that's so true. I think that like the niche is just so misunderstood because it's yeah. all about it is all about finding your people. Like that's literally it. It's about having like speaking to a certain audience, and I think people forget that we're not alone. So when we just share our story, it's speaking to a specific audience that's out there, and it's so amazing because that's how you find your people. You know, like they show up, and you're like, oh my god, I'm not alone. Like <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, definitely for anyone hesitating, like, please, like, consider us your proof not to. And yeah, I don't want to speak for you. But like, like, I'm an introvert. Would you say you're an introvert? Oh, Jesus, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I assumed as much, but you know, yeah. I didn't want to just jump in with it. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you might not think that people will resonate with you or that you will be able to tell your story in the right way or whatever it is being like an introvert or otherwise just like different type of person than you feel like you see online. So take us as proof Two introverts here Mm -hmm. (laughs) among other things. (laughs) And yeah, it's totally possible for different types of personalities. So I think that's like definitely like a takeaway. I want people listening to this one to have and speaking a little bit of that of like different types of thinking you share a lot about your experience with being a neurodiverse thinker and how it affects you personally and specifically your productivity, I think. And as a relatively new business owner, obviously, that's extremely hard to navigate. And while there's like a bajillion different ways that that can show up, neurodiversity and different types of Mm -hmm. people, I would just like to hear about your experience with it and maybe the differences between like managing it in the corporate world versus as an online entrepreneur? Because I know, yeah, I know that's one thing that like I didn't hear enough about back in the day. And that's why your story really inspired me. So yeah, I'd love to hear about that. It's been a journey. So when I was back in corporate, I was only with the company for four years. It was my first like real job. And I was a little robot. Like I was capital P, perfect, capital E employee. Like that... Mm -hmm. I just fit the mold. I was everything you wanted in an employee and a teammate. Like, it's kind of scary to think back at how I was able to do that, but I was masking so hard. And for those of you unfamiliar with masking, it's pretty much when you're neurodiverse and you you put on a show, like you're acting this part because you know that if you show up as yourself, people are going to be unsettled by it or they're not going to like you as much. So you're like, you have a mask on. And when I was in corporate, I didn't know that was happening. I didn't know I was neurodiverse yet. So I was go, go, go. I was masking all day, but I was getting what I wanted. I was getting promotions. I was getting raises. So I was, I was fine with it. You know, I could do it. But when I finally realized, okay, this isn't what I want to do with my life. And I want to be self-employed. Self-employment was the thing that really made me face my own shit. (laughs) One of my earliest business coaches said that to me was entrepreneurship is a masterclass in facing your own bullshit. <laughs> I and love that. I think about that all the time because it is so true. Self, self-employment self has been the biggest self-development course of my life, mm-hmm. but it really highlighted the issues I had with executive functioning, procrastination when I have nobody else to be accountable to besides me. Mm-hmm. So it really forced me to realize oh, I'm in burnout. Corporate burned me out. And now I have to relearn how to function. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until a year after I quit corporate that one of my, one of the people who knew me the best in my truest form, like without the mask, 
she told me, you know, Marissa, I, I think you're neurodivergent. This isn't how everyone feels. Like <laughs> everything right. you're saying just is neurodivergent through and through. So for the past year and a half, I've really started treating myself as a neurodivergent person and my mm-hmm. mental health has skyrocketed. I feel so much better. I'm more productive. I'm less hard on myself. It's like the minute I realized that and I started treating myself like a human and not a computer with legs, like I was treating myself like I was invincible, just doing whatever I wanted with no regard to how it impacted my nervous system or my body or my mental well-being. Like it's insane to look back and think about how I was able to sustain that hustle but once I burned out and once I realized I was neurodivergent, I couldn't go back, couldn't go back to functioning how I was because it didn't feel of integrity anymore. Like I knew that's not actually me. I was putting on a show for 25 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And it took for me to quit my job and be really look in the mirror and, you know, have no income and go, OK, how am I going to make this work? I had to get real with who I actually was. I've gotten so many of the biggest like revelations of my life just from quitting my job, which is mm-hmm. wild. That's so powerful. I was like, I was like tearing up during some of that because yeah, I mean that that's what this whole podcast is about is the mm-hmm. fact that there's just so many examples of how people can succeed and it's not about it's not the same for everybody. It's going to be like so different for everybody and the people like maybe in your corporate job who can't really to these experiences, like for them, they would approach maybe entrepreneurship in a 180 different type of way and still could succeed. Mm-hmm. And so it's so powerful to think about. And I know for sure that I wish I heard these conversations like years ago, because I just was, I truly felt like either everyone must be experiencing this and I just suck at managing it oh or, or I'm completely alone and no one understands me. And like, I'm just, you know, going to be alone forever. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with me. Yes. those are my No, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah. It was like, why can't I sit down and batch 30 videos in a day like all these experts are telling me to? Exactly. And it's like, that's like one like micro example, you know, among yeah. Like oh, yeah. millions. And so, yes, it's so much to juggle. And, and it's also kind of about like, seeing other successful people represent it and that it is possible. And so the main thing that I think a struggle is for people who experience these types of either symptoms or just feeling different in the way they approach things is that it ultimately does affect productivity in one way or another. Like, I feel like it comes down to that. And that's like so tied to self-worth, especially here in our country and the US of A. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a big eye roll on my end for, for people listening. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing I absolutely love about your content is that you're not just like showing that you can do it, but you're also showing some light to the different types of way that you can approach productivity, including like slow productivity as a term that I see from you and bare minimum Monday, of course, mm-hmm. as well, which I would love to talk about. So can you share about those two things and just like maybe what type of creator or entrepreneur would benefit from those? Yeah. So for this conversation, I'm really talking to the people who are the overachievers, the former quote gifted kids who are now burned out and probably have a late ADHD diagnosis. (laughs) The people who don't know how to not run themselves into a brick wall in the name of working hard and the 
people basically who are finally burning out after realizing that hustle culture has done them dirty and nobody's benefited from it except their employer. So to those people, let me just start out by saying that productivity is morally neutral. It doesn't make you a good person for getting more done, just like it doesn't make you a worse person for getting less done. It's the two are not attached in any way. And it's like wild that I even have to say that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's a light bulb moment for me. Yeah. (laughs) That is crazy. Because like, I still need to tell myself that all the time. I'm not up on a pedestal saying like, I am very much talking to myself still at this point. Yeah. And it's hard to give a hard and fast definition of what I consider to be slow productivity. I mean, there are books on it. There are articles on it. But I would say that for me, it's about, it's an approach to productivity that values both your nervous system and the sustainability of your pace Mm. just as much as the outcome itself. Okay. If you don't feel good on the way to going and getting what you want, I'm not in. Like I'm out on that because I've been there before where I go as hard as I can to reach the outcome, but then I I can't function anymore. Like Mm -hmm. it's not worth it. I'm no longer willing to do that to myself. And I don't think enough people think about it in that way. Yeah, for sure. It's just, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to do whatever it takes. So to kind of paint a metaphor, like I kind of think about the slow approach to productivity as how you would think about the tortoise and the hare. So up until a couple of years ago, like I was the hare. I was going fast for the sake of going fast. I was winning, wanting to win for the sake of winning. I was always in a hurry. It eventually led me to burnout so bad that I'm not able to go back to that speed ever again. Mm -hmm. But then- the tortoise is methodical, it's intentional, it's assured in its pace, Mm. because the tortoise knows that her pace can be sustained, and that she'll get there when she gets there. Like, Mm. there's something so cool and confident and sexy to me about that approach. Like, I don't need to hurry. Oh, I love that. There's like those um, tips on TikTok, like, this is a side note, but it's like, if you talk more slowly, you take your time. It reads as more confident. Absolutely. And I love the word you use, assured. Like yeah. the tortoise is assured. They know through practice, like they're doing it before, that the hair is the one that's going to burn the fuck out. Like, bye yeah. hair. Like, see you later. <laughs> right. I love and that word for it. It's great. Yeah. And it's like the, the slow road to me is more enjoyable. Like if you're going to reach your goal either way. You might as well enjoy the journey. Like, it's so cliche, but like when I frame it a little bit differently, instead of like, oh, just enjoy the journey advice, (laughs) like, no, but if you actually think about it, like, that is what it's all about. For sure. Wow. Actually, for all of the hardos out there being like, no, she just is, she's just so (laughs) softy. Like, the US Navy SEALs, Gina, the US Navy SEALs have a mantra that says, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And wow. The whole point is to remind them that the approach to any situation should be done with deliberate and careful consideration, mm-hmm. that the quickest way to get something done is to be methodical and slow. Yeah. The wow. U.S. Navy SEALs, the most yeah. badass people on the planet. Yeah. Like if you're sitting here calling us soft for this conversation, yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. Granted, I don't example. think anybody would be listening to this. I know, because, right? Yeah, but it's like. I can just hear like the the mental objections to what I'm saying right. are, are so ingrained that it's like, no, the U.S. Navy SEALs are on the same page. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That is awesome. All of those comparisons, like, I mean, because it's crazy. I've watched your content before. I've thought about these concepts so many times, but hearing it reframed like in that light really is like it it really adds to it in a different way because you're right we tell ourselves things and sometimes it's surface level when we say it in our head but we're not like feeling it and believing it and so right. that helps a lot for sure yeah and <sighs> you you see people pushing the hustle and like having these normal like go fast go harder narratives or like almost like underlying themes in their content without even knowing it Mm-hmm. But then you see people say, oh, it's okay to slow down. But subconsciously, we feel like, well, slowing down isn't going to get me there, get me to the place that I want. Right. So I really just have the mission of like making people understand that like you can go slow and still get there mm-hmm. probably faster than you would have in the first place mm-hmm. because yeah. you're going to feel good and you're not going to run into a brick wall and have to rest for five years. Mm-hmm. For it sure. Years to get out of burnout. Oh, yeah. It's about efficiency with energy. At least that's it's like that. You're right. When people think like I go slow, I reach my goals slower, but it's almost like basic math. <laughs> where yeah. It's like if you take your time and you're intentional, you're going to be able to get more done and not just take your time and be intentional, but according to how you usually function. Yeah. And like that's one thing I talk about with clients all the time. It's like, OK, when is your energy high? When is it low? Like, Yep. Do you tend to notice patterns through the week, through the month? Like, because that's, that's efficient rather than just saying, okay, it's Monday and now I'm going to go as fast as I can through my never ending to-do list and it's not efficient. (laughs) So, and I think that like this conversation kind of leads into bare minimum Monday a little bit (laughs) and especially some of the misconception around it, unfortunately, and which comes from hustle culture, like straight up that misconception for sure. But we'll talk about that. But yeah, can you explain the concept of bare minimum Monday for the girls who get it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in March of 2022, I had found myself roughly a year or so into self-employment. And I was still feeling the Sunday scaries just as bad as I was with corporate. And so it really occurred to me like, oh, I didn't actually have a corporate America problem. I didn't actually have a boss problem. This is a fully a hustle culture problem. This is a, I don't know how to slow down problem. So I would wake up on Monday and sleep in until the very last second because I was dreading the to-do list that I know I had for myself mm-hmm. because I just felt like, okay, Sunday's over. It's Monday. It's time to get back at it. Rise and grind, all Monday motivation, all the things. And so I was just full of dread, full of overwhelm. And I couldn't get anything done because mm-hmm. I was full of all of this shit. And <laughs> so there was one Monday in March of last year where I woke up and like audibly said aloud, okay, you have permission to just do the bare minimum. That's it. You're good. It was like somebody lifted 17 cement blocks off of my (laughs) chest, just allowing myself to take my foot off the gas to lower the bar and allow myself to see myself win. It was life-changing. I got more done. I felt better. I wasn't relieved once it hit 5 p.m. I've just felt fine all day. I was like, oh, this is what work can feel like. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to feel like you're clenched Mm -hmm. until you're off the clock. Like I'm self-employed. This is not what I signed up for to feel like shit all day. And so I kept the experiment going the next Monday and 
every Monday since, honestly, because it's been working so well for me. And now I start, I've been posting about it since, since March of last year. And in January of this year in 2023, I started a new video style where I kind of did like a vlog with a voiceover talking Mm -hmm. about bare minimum Monday. And it really started popping off on TikTok, but more specifically on Instagram. And it's, it's gained me media coverage in the New York Post, ABC, CNN, CBS, like all of these big outlets. Incredible. It's so counterculture. Yes. It's It's so counterculture Uh that people are like, we've got to get you in here to talk about it. And then, (laughs) you know, they show the video segment and then the anchors, usually the older men Mm. are like, I don't know about that. Good luck with your career, little lady. Like those kind of vibes. And it's like, I'm I'm just hoping that the right people are hearing, you know, what it can do. And yeah, you know, it's not for everybody, but it's like this practice has truly, truly changed my life and made me mm-hmm. feel so much better. And like, it's counterculture, but that's how big things that that's how changes happen in society is yeah. people have to start being okay with like being a little bit against the grain. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to do. I am all for it. And I think like, <laughs> The people who misconceive it, it's so obvious to me that they're not thinking about it like at all. (laughs) Understand because it's not difficult to understand. It's not. Just in case anyone is like kind of having a hard time grasping it. And again, you'll explain it better than I, but and it probably looks different for everybody. Like when I use it, which I totally use it, by the way, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Um, when I use bare minimum Monday, it's like it's in part for me about habits, like the fact that. I am checking off my to-do list because I made it easier on myself. And that tells my brain, I did that. Like, you go, girl. You can do this. It gives me momentum for the rest of the week and confidence for the rest of the week in myself. So for me, it's partially habits. And then again, like we talked about just like efficiency with your energy too, not like storming out of the gates with all of your energy. And then by the end of the week, you're like, damn, (laughs) I don't want to do anything. So, yeah, is there any other way that you kind of view Bare Minimum Monday or use it? Well, I guess I didn't really explain what I do. So for when I wake up before I used to jump right into work, like check my email the second my eyes are open, check TikTok, check Instagram. So I go a full two hours without checking anything because your mental approach, like your mindset, your mind frame going into the week is more important than whatever fake urgent emails are waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Like you don't owe your work, whatever work you have, you don't owe it your attention upon opening your eyes. Right. You get to be a person first. So (laughs) I allow myself to be a person first thing. And it's like crazy that we even have to say that. I know. And then I do bare minimum work tasks for the day. So I don't overachieve. I don't do any tasks that are like, well, maybe I can get to this if I have enough time. Like Mm. I just... This is what I'm going to do. It's usually three things max. It's usually three hours of work, but really focused work. Yeah. And the rest of the day I spend doing things that I know will set me up for a really good week. So it's pretty much like, let's call it a half day of work and then a bonus little part of a weekend. Like I can do chores too. I can go exercise. I can take a nap if I need more rest. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really helps me have a way more productive other four days of the week before I started doing it, I would wake up and maybe make myself a list of 10 things. I would maybe get three of them done and then be so upset with myself about the seven task deficit that didn't get done. Right. So now I wake up 
and I just give myself the three tasks mm-hmm. and I'm jazzed. I'm so excited. Like you said, like yeah. I allow myself to win mm-hmm. and it makes me feel confident. Like there's no, nobody benefits from us being assholes to ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody benefits from that. It's been really helpful for me. And you've mentioned other tools too, or you have other tools that you use. So can you share a little bit about monotasking and flow state and how those have helped you kind of take control of more of like your executive function and be more Mm -hmm. productive? Yeah, this is my favorite topic. So flow state specifically, if we go through our days unchecked, Mm -hmm. so much of the work we do is shallow. Your attention is on something for maybe like 11 minutes and that's being extremely generous Mm -hmm. before we let a notification or an email or social media like literally steal our focus away. And that tug of war that we're playing with our attention is actually what's making us feel super overwhelmed, scattered, out of control. Like it's the context switching. It's the jumping from thing to thing rapidly. That's what's making us feel like crap. Right. Not actually, you know, granted, it could be the work you're doing, but it's like mm-hmm. that jumping, that leapfrogging is what's making us feel, you know, that built up, oh my God, I'm going to lose it. Mm-hmm. So flow state is what happens when you give yourself the right environment to really sink your teeth into a task, even a pesky task or a mundane task that you hate doing mm-hmm. to the point where the resistance falls away and you're actually enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. flow state involves you really sticking with it through the first 15 to 20 minutes where you're really uncomfortable and you want to pick up your phone and you want to make an excuse. Well, I'll just go do this instead Mm because you don't really want to be doing this. Like flow state doesn't happen without some effort. And to reach flow state, you have to monotask. Yeah. And I just want to get the word monotasking like tattooed on my body. (laughs) It's been the thing that has changed my life more than anything. Mm-hmm. in every way possible. So it's basically the opposite of multitasking. It's where you focus solely on the one task at hand. And it sounds really simple. And it is simple, but it's not easy when we're living in this world of instant notifications and urgent emails every 12 minutes and bottomless feeds. Like It's very difficult to actually focus on one thing. I would guarantee that everybody listening to this is doing probably at least three other things right now. <laughs> That is a good call. <laughs> it's like valid because it's a podcast, but yeah. also, you know, I don't expect anybody to stare at the wall while listening to it. <laughs> but I would guarantee, like, the last time you had a work task going on that you find really hard to do, was your attention solely on it? Were you checking Instagram every four and a half minutes? Like, it, it really makes a difference. And we value this instant response and instant just this culture of like everything is fast and quick and urgent and like immediate. Right. And if you can just be okay with not giving into that, it's a lot easier. Like it's okay to be offline for a few hours in the name of getting something done. Like you don't have to be checking everything all the time. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to not check your email every hour. You really get to set the rules here. And I don't think people realize that. (laughs) Connect as much as you need to, to get your stuff done. Mm -hmm. And when you do, you feel better when you're doing it. The tasks aren't as hard when you let yourself get into a flow state, but mm-hmm. you can only do that when you monotask. And it's been something that I started doing for my productivity, but it has so clearly bled into other areas of my life. I am more calm, 
I'm more intentional, even just having conversations with people. I'm not like, I don't have my Instagram feed open on my other monitor over here looking at like, mm-hmm. I'm more present with what I'm doing. And as a result, I just feel better overall. Like it has really changed my entire life as well as my productivity, obviously. Oh yeah. I, I can imagine because I still struggle with monotasking. Like it's a practiced mm-hmm. muscle for sure. And whenever I accomplish it, first of all, it's like that juicy serotonin feeling when you do get into a flow state, you know, and I'm sure some people can relate to that, whether it's because like, you know, when you procrastinate a task and then you finally are like, okay, I'm just going to get it done. And then you work on it like nonstop and it feels so good. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like that without the procrastinating part and all the stress and worry before. (laughs) Hyper-focus, the really satisfying hyper-focus. Yes, yes. Most people associate flow state with like arts and crafts and music, (laughs) playing music, but like, you can utilize this like delicious state of being like it's it's yes. the best feeling, but you can utilize it for everything else that you have to get done too. laundry, yeah. admin stuff, emails, like you can yeah. use it for whatever you want to make yeah. it more fun and less miserable. Yep. It's, it's definitely had a huge impact on the way I work as well. And I will say, like I said, I still struggle with it. And mm-hmm. so do you have any, like, you know, what are your best practices for people who still find themselves like, multitasking on accident, you know, if that makes sense. Are there any tools you use to stay in the zone? Yeah. So we have something called a flow state formula that we like to talk about. So the the, it's basically four simple steps. So you're going to identify your task and your time. You're going to pick the one thing that you need to do, and you're going to give yourself a little bit less time than you think you need. Okay. So if we're talking like writing an email that might take you an hour normally, Mm-hmm. That email will probably only take you 30 minutes when you're only doing that email. So you're going to give yeah. yourself a little bit less time than you think you need. Step two is to set up your space. So you're going to set the mood, clear off your desk, minimize any tabs that aren't relevant, get yourself a glass of water, get a snack if you need it, grab a candle, like really make your work environment a place that you want to be. I think that's underrated. Like for sure. If you have clutter everywhere, if you have 7 million tabs open, How do you expect yourself to focus? Like make a whole thing of it, set a little vibe for yourself. Then you're going to put your effing phone away. (laughs) (laughs) The part no one wants to hear. (laughs) Like you have to eliminate as many distractions as you can. I get it. If you have dogs, if you have kids, like you're never going to be able to fully remove all distractions necessarily. But like put your computer on do not disturb, put your phone on do not disturb, put it in the closet. I literally put my phone in the closet behind me that's um, a great idea. Because it's there's research actually that even just having your phone in your sight mm-hmm. can distract you. Oh, I I don't hesitate yeah. to leave that for a second. Exactly. Like, I'll if, pick it up for no reason. Just no, looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many times have you closed TikTok and Instagram only to just go back to Instagram and, and open? Me- because yes. your thumb just does that. Like mm-hmm. that's how your brain works too. When you yeah. see your phone, like you get the, oh, I want to check. I want to check. I want to check. I want to scroll. Yeah. So putting away as many distractions as you can. And then the fourth step is just to start the clock. So you're going to start the clock. It's preferable to have a physical timer. Um, yeah. Because again, if you use your phone, you're going to have your phone in front of you and you're going to be distracted. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're doing an hour monotasking sprint you really want to commit to stay the course for the hour. The first 15 minutes will probably be really uncomfortable. You're going to come up with any excuse that you can to get up or to check your phone or to 
do like what what do they call it productive procrastination where well I'll just go work on my taxes instead like I'll yeah. do anything else besides this yes but really commit to what you're doing and you will be shocked what you can get done when you have the right environment for yourself mm-hmm. and that's really as simple as it is yeah like that's it and I think where people go wrong with this when they're first trying is their task is too it's not clear enough it's too vague. It's seven tasks in one. Like it's a project that they're self and not an actual singular task. Oh, okay. So for example, if it's, you know, let's just say it was a month before this and we're working on our taxes. You don't want to just say, okay, I'm going to do my taxes for an hour because then you're jumping from thing to thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to your expense folder and then you're going to your emails and then you remember you have a W9 laying around in your house and you're like you're being pulled in seven different directions. So you really want to break your projects down into tasks that are actual singular tasks mm-hmm. and then go through the four steps. And that's it. It's a practice. Yeah, that's kind of what I was about to say is that I think it's like a lot of us go into working with the intention to kind of monotask, you know, even yeah. if we don't call it that. Exactly. But it is. You're right. It's like a practice muscle, like we've been saying, like, but once you get it, it really is so juicy and delicious. Mm -hmm. And it's brilliant. It really has changed a lot of aspects of the way it works. So I thank you for introducing me to that. And I know that you also have created like a community of people to monotask together, which I Mm -hmm. think is genius. Absolutely brilliant, because who doesn't need accountability? Mm -hmm. So can you share more about about your sessions, your monotasking sessions, what they're called, and what inspired you and your co-founder, Anna, to develop the brand? Yeah. So I was on TikTok in 2021. We got connected and she started a Patreon group where she was hosting five sessions a week on Zoom for people to come and monotask with her live. Okay. For an hour or two hours at a time. And I was one of her founding members because... Okay. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm having trouble sitting down. I'm here by myself all day, every day. And I just, it's very hard for me to sit down if I don't have somebody to be accountable to. Yeah. And that is uh, what we call executive dysfunction in a lot of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we started connecting more. Long story short, neither of us wanted the fact that we had trouble sitting down to focus be the reason we didn't reach the goals we had for ourselves. Yeah. And we knew that like, we are so capable and we have such big visions for our lives. And this is the thing that's helping us get there. And we knew that we would be together or we would be better together as a team. So she invited me as co-founder and that's what really kicked off this becoming an actual business and not just a Patreon group. Like it was when we got together to build this thing, it turned into a real business and that was, it was really cool. So it's basically virtual body doubling sessions live on Zoom for either one hour or two hours at a time. And it's basically like our sessions are for you to put on your calendar and treat like a meeting with yourself. Okay. That's, I love that. I love the way you put it. Yeah. It's like (laughs) a meeting with yourself, an accountability meeting. Literally. Yeah. So many people prioritize everyone else's stuff for the things that they say are important to them. Mm. And like, I'm so passionate about this because that's like, I'm talking to myself. Like, yeah, there are so many projects that I used to just let slip through my fingers because I just wouldn't put time on my calendar for it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a shameful thing that you need help doing that. Like, right. 
so many people make it a big story about themselves. Well, I'm just not driven enough. I, I'm not a hard worker. That's all bullshit. You just need help. Yeah. Like just need different ways of going about your schedule and your day. And so neurodivergent people who are struggling with executive dysfunction and people who can't seem to get themselves to sit down, people who are working from home and need the gentle social pressure of working with others. Like that's really who we're for. Yeah. It's been amazing to watch. I mean, we've had some of the same members for over a year now and it's amazing to see the transformation happen in their lives outside of work too, because that's exactly what's happened for Anna and myself. And it's funny. You thank me for talking about, or for like the impact (laughs) monotopping has had on your life so far. Uh Like, I feel like I'm just the messenger here. Like, like, I'm just spreading the word because it it's like been so incredibly life changing for me that I'm like, I just want to like, you know, tell everybody about this thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I get it. It's it's like also something for people to look forward to. You know what I mean? Like making work like fun, you know, like yeah. it's not just work. We're also like doing something together. We're all like, even though it's separate we're all here working on different things that are going to make an impact on either our own lives or like other people's lives or, you know, whatever it is. So I just think it's so genius and so such a helpful tool for people like us for whatever reason that they might need it. I have a guilty pleasure question actually about, (laughs) about the brand. I didn't prep you for this one, (laughs) but I would love to know how the um, name came about and like the space theme and because I'm like obsessed it resonates with me so much like especially your little alien guys and I love I love it so I would love to hear that story if you don't mind sharing it (laughs) the name was picked by Anna before I even so it's like space time though is so perfect like we have never even considered changing it because it is just so perfectly representative of what we are like Uh We're providing people, we say, we provide them the structure they need to hold themselves accountable, the space they need to get their stuff done, and the time to prioritize what's important to them. Like, we're literally giving people space and time for themselves. So it's like, there's that, but then like the whole transcendent, like just the implications of what space time actually is so much bigger and vast and endless. Like, it's just perfect. But it the is brand, perfect. Yeah, the brand has really just been developing naturally. Like we do everything on Canva or using AI. The little aliens I was just messing around with on Mid Journey, which is the the AI art program. Right. And so it's like it's been so fun to just develop this thing as our just personal passion project. Like it, mm-hmm. it yes, it's a brand, yes, it's a business and a company, but like we both let ourselves just be creative. If we want to try something new, we do. We want to put little robots and aliens on our website. We're going to. <laughs> it's it's been the dream to build a brand that is makes me just as excited as, as it makes other people. And like yeah. that is what I want for mm-hmm. anybody who's currently suffering in corporate or like is a fresh baby content creator. Like mm-hmm. I was you less than three years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it's just and now this full blown a very aligned brand yeah. that you have going that's helping like so many people. It's crazy. I mean, things can change so quickly. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So I would love to know too, while we're talking about space time, are there a few examples you can think of that content creators specifically could do during your sessions? Yeah. I mean, I have to do it. That's the thing. Yeah. 
I send out my emails. So like if I have a newsletter, you can use an hour for that. Mm -hmm. If I have reels filmed, but that need to be captioned and edited and kind of the post post production touches. Mm -hmm. And I have two videos, I'll take that to one of our two hour flows and I'll get both of them done. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, maybe that would have taken me four hours of dilly dallying and like jumping from thing to thing. It really like you can bring anything to the sessions. Mm -hmm. You can shoot, you can brain dump. Like that's the thing. Yeah, planning. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's so Mm -hmm. great about is especially for creators is like any part of the content creation process people bring to our sessions. We have so many creators in there. And like it's so cool. That's the thing. It's like there's not even an answer to that because any part of (laughs) anything. Like, yeah, you're so right. Like from even laundry, like if people are behind on chores, yeah. like, of course, I'm I'm thinking of the things that I would do, but then I'm forgetting like we're on a show that's about all the different ways that people utilize things. So yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's truly endless for anyone who is listening and is like this. I need this. This sounds absolutely incredible. I am going to link space time monotasking sessions in the show description so you can easily find it there. But where else can people find you, MJ? Just yeah, so everyone I'm- knows. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Marissa Joe, Marissa with one S on TikTok. It's it's Marissa Joe. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And then we're spacetime monotasking on every social platform. And you get your first session free. So even if you are like, I don't know about this, I don't know what she's talking about, like just come try it. Mm-hmm. That's I always just tell people, like, I can't explain it as well as you will just figure it out when you're there. Yeah. It's about the feeling and the vibes yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So if it's at all resonating, like I was skeptical going into it and now I'm a co-founder of the business. So like <laughs> if that's any example of how, you know, life-changing it can be so quickly, yeah. let it, let it inspire you because it's crazy effective. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. But it's again, like, thank you so much for having this conversation because like you said, with like about talking to your kind of past self, how it feels like you're talking to your past self. Same right now. Like this conversation feels just so validating. And I know I've said it a lot at the beginning, but people just need to hear it. You know, like it's so necessary. If even one person listening was like, oh my God, they do that. Like I did not know other people struggle with that. I'll be so happy. And that's something I would say to people. Like I used to be following all of the TikTok marketing accounts. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of great ones. Like, don't get me wrong, but there's Absolutely. a lot that didn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Every video I saw, I felt worse about what I was doing because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, am I supposed to be doing that? And it's not necessarily that creator's fault, but it's, I was comparing myself to all of the advice that was being thrown my way. Yeah. And so if I can just extend permission to people listening, like you mm-hmm. don't have to follow people or the advice of people that make you feel bad. Like you're allowed to follow alternative advice or like, like advice is is supposed to inspire you and not make you feel like you're doing something bad. Mm -hmm. I completely relate because when I was getting started, like I always felt like I was behind. I always felt grateful for the tips that they were giving me, but like I should have done it already or like why, you know, or that it seemed overwhelming to do. So yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And it again goes to show the power of just sharing your story because if you feel alone right now you won't after you post on oh, tiktok yeah. about it like someone relates to you yeah. like the first time you there. go viral you'll realize yes. <laughs> <laughs> you might wish you were alone after that yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> 
This has been really, really enlightening. And I've looked so much into your story, but I've still learned a lot from this. And like, I know after we get off, I'm going to go into a freaking monotasking sprint of my own with my little timer. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That (laughs) was my whole goal is just to get you to do it. (laughs) You're like, I'm here. I'm here to convince Gina to take this shit seriously. (laughs) Oh, I really appreciate your time being here. It was Um, a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I know that we're going to we're gonna catch up on socials. So thanks to everyone listening here as well. I hope you took something away from it. If you did, message MJ on Instagram, message me on Instagram and let us know. If you liked this episode, it would make my day to hear about it. Please don't hesitate to share your thoughts on Instagram and tag me at Gina Galliotto or shoot me a DM letting me know so I can continue sharing episodes you love. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the Social Spectrum podcast and leave a five-star review so we can stay in each other's worlds. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Until next time, friend.